It's time again for Talking Trade, sponsored by MMAC's World Trade Association and Michael Best Strategies. Welcome to another session of Talking Trade. I'm Ken Waslick, Managing Director of E.M. Waslick Associates, an international business development company. Well, it's a real pleasure uh, to welcome Wendy Pease, the owner of Rapport International, a uh, high-quality translation and interpretation company who connects people from all over the globe in over 200 languages. Um, so, Wendy, you're a specialist in, in translation and interpretation. We'll get into that. Global marketing. You're a speaker. You've uh, written an author, uh, and you have your own you're a consultant, and you have your own host of uh, a podcast called uh, Global Marketing Show um, that is uh, aired uh, as well. So, and I know you traveled around the world, lived in Mexico, Taiwan, and Philippines. So, welcome to Talking Trade. Thank you, Ken. Great to be here. Great. So, you know, translation, interpretation, um, Google Translate. What is the, let's start with the basics. What's the difference between a translation and an interpretation? Thank you for asking that question first, because most people outside the industry don't know it. Uh, translation refers to anything written. You know, so a website, a brochure, a legal contract, anything like that. Uh, interpretation refers to spoken, and that's telephone, video, in-person, or conference interpreting like you think of the UN. Okay, so now if you listen carefully to the news, you'll hear some people say, the president's translator said, and that's like nails on the chalkboard to me because a translator wouldn't say something, they would write something. What gets mm -hmm. interesting if you have live chat, because that is written, but it's immediate conversation, which is more like interpreting. So that kind of fits in the center of where they overlap. Other than that, it's either translation or interpretation. Yeah. Well, you know, when I started my career so many years ago, uh, interpretation uh, was really important because we always had a, I guess, interpreter uh, next to us, uh, especially in when my first uh, visits to China uh, 30 years ago, uh, I was in Russia uh, 35 years ago. I mean, it was the only way we could communicate. Today, we have tools to do that, and probably more on the translation side because they're a written tool. AI has really taken a, uh, a center stage here. Google Translate has been around for many, many, many years. All of us use these uh, tools. How, really, how good are these translation tools like Google Translate and, and the others? Yes, Adam Bittlinger. Uh, who worked for Google developing Google Translate. He's there's it's an episode on my podcast, The Global Marketing Show, and he he coined it perfectly. He said Google Translate provided bad translation to humanity. <laughs> so, you know, when that first came out, we said, oh, is Google Translate going to put us out of business? And it hasn't. It's actually raised the demand for good translation, because now people understand that you can communicate across languages and that there's a way to do it appropriately. Now, in my book, I talk about you have to assess 
what the appropriate use is. If you get an unsolicited email from somebody and you don't know if it's important, pop it into Google Translate and see if it has anything to do with your your life or your business. Mm -hmm. If um, if it's something that could affect your revenue, your reputation, your bottom line, or uh, an important conversation, those are the times that you need to have a human involved. Um, now, AI translation just came out, and AI is very fascinating to me. A one of the first uses for uh, AI or technology back in the day was um, was during World War II to spy on the opponent or the mm -hmm. the you know the other side mm -hmm. um, geniuses that were in the in the, the you know it must have been the Department of Defense or somewhere they they said let's create something you know with electronics we've got to be able to do this to figure out so we can spy on the other people because we don't have these language skills or we don't have enough of them. And so that was kind of the impetus for automated uh, translation. So Google Translate comes around and it's done by algorithm and memory and now AI is anticipating. So we've had technology in the language industry for years. I mean, it started with, you know, like a Google Translate and then we've built translation memories. So Ken, if you come to me and you translate something once and you're going to reuse that, we can create a memory of what you translated. So if it's a hundred percent match, we can reuse it um, mm. and still verify that it's accurate. We can also use it to create glossaries. So if you have specific words in your industry that you want to use over and over again and not cause confusion or product names, that's when you'd create a glossary and you can use technology to leverage that. Now with AI, you know, again, we got worried, oh, is this going to put us out of business? Like what mm -hmm. quality of translation it is. Right. And it's, it's very interesting what the experts are finding out is that AI and Google Translate tend to have a little bit of an edge over each other in certain topics. And so you don't know which one's going to be better. So you can't consistently use one. And you have to have enough usage of the two words and subject matter to, or, you know, content to make sure that it can actually grab it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let me mm -hmm. explain that a little bit more. Spanish English, there's a lot of that used. If you get to petrochemicals, Spanish English translation, you're going to have a hard time. You're mm -hmm. traveling it's going to be an easier, you know, you're going to be able to use AI easier. Mm -hmm. um, if you're talking um, a language that is not used very often, you're not going to have a large enough language model to be able to really depend on that. But what's scary about it is it sounds good. And so um, some competitors and I got together at the beginning, and one of them took some proprietary content of something that he was doing in um, in Israel. And he had a bad human translation, Google Translate, uh, ChatGPT translation, 
and then uh, one that had been run through both Google Translate and ChatGPT. And he had us guess which were which. Now there was a typo in the human translation. Like I said, it was a bad human translation. So that one, you know, we could pick out that was human. The one that sounded the best was the one that was ChatGPT with AI. It was clearly written, it was articulate. But when he gave us the good human translation, it had an exact different meaning. It was about, you know, the Israeli-Arabic um, conflict. And, and in the machine translation, it changed the meaning of what it was talking about. So that really scared me because people could be using that and not realizing that it's completely changing the whole meaning. So what this is telling me in the industry and what I've heard the experts, the analysts who are really deep diving into the different um, technologies that are out there is that we still need humans involved. And it's getting harder and harder to judge the quality because there are some companies that will say human involved translation, which means they'll do a machine translation and have a human review it, but they may not be subject matter experts. So they're letting people uh, you know, they might let mistakes slide by because a machine translation, you'll see the companies coming out with 95% accurate. Well, it's that 5% accuracy that could really hurt you. So we've chosen to stay the path of human translation with translation memories and glossaries to keep high quality. And then if we're working with a large enough company, maybe look at developing um, a large language model for them, but they'd need over a million words to develop a customized language model that they could use for their company. Yeah, that's a very good point because uh, we've ran into a couple of things on, uh, in our company is that, you know, for example, we have several clients that are uh, targeting the mining industry. And those technical words in, in mining in Mexico are not the same that they are in Chile. And so when you start talking about various things, you get this query look if you're talking to a Chileno as opposed to a Mexican and, and they're in the same industry and yeah. handling the same repairs. And I, I know there's multiple um, examples where a instructional manual or a warning manual, you know, uh, uh, an IFU was incorrectly, there was a few words I know it's uh, you know uh, human error, not you know, the translation was not exactly correct, and it actually led to a couple of deaths. And so, yeah, the mm. amount of uh, importance that is really put on that, you know, one thing you kind of mentioned the human interaction, but culture really comes into play too, yeah. right? Certain words and certain you know, we have that with English, right? Certain words in England mean totally different and i know that there's a really couple words that are like uh, uh how do i say um uh not just repulsive but uh you know abusive in in you know british english that we in the united states no problem and vice versa um right. so your points are, are very well taken there right right it's so important it's interesting you brought up the differences of spanish and chile and mexico you know, when we start working on a project with somebody, we we want to know what their strategy, what it is that they're trying to accomplish, and then their process. And part of looking at those two things 
are, um, you know, if they're a company that has terminology that can go across the world, they can globalize their content so it'll be understood. If it's something that it's like a dangerous situation like that, they may have to localize it. And so one of the ways that we do it is we may create a global one and then have local editors. And you know that gets more expensive for the company and it's harder with document management because they have to track where the Spanish is from. But mm -hmm. again, it goes back to that quality decision. Is it gonna risk revenues? Is there a liability? Is it your reputation? You know, those are what you wanna look at. Um, and so you have to make that decision. Consumer products are often localized. You know, if you go right. to Adidas site or Nike site, they're going to put um, very local things in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's the first step is just are we going to globalize or are we going to localize? And then you have to think about culture. We got a translation that was done in French and it was going to be used in uh, France. And the client came to us and said, look, we got this translation done, but everybody keeps saying it's really bad. And the, our, our Parisian translator looked at it and said, well, of course, it's from uh, it's, uh, it's a French speaker from Haiti. And that French yeah. in Haiti is very different than the French in, in yeah. France. In, in France, yeah. So, well, well, and Wendy, we could talk about this for hours. And uh, one of these days, we'll get together for dinner and we'll... <laughs> have a share our stories of uh how do you say uh mistranslations and uh the uh the the mistakes that always happen and and how we get into situations it's like how did i do this but so yeah. thank you very much for joining us uh, today on uh talking trade i really appreciate it and this is a very interesting conversation and hopefully we can uh talk more in the future I would love to have dinner with you because I think you do a mailing about business goofs that go out and yeah. we do a, an email and then we post all over social for uh, all the language goofs, culture and language goofs. So if anybody wants to learn more, certainly look me up on LinkedIn, Wendy Pease, P-E-A-S-E, or reach out to you know that you can or go to Linktree Wendy Pease that has all our our links and you can get in touch with me about anything for language. Happy to talk policy, strategy, and tactics. So thanks so much, Ken. It's been delightful talking to you as always. Yeah. Thanks again, Wendy. And this has been another session of Talking Trade. I'm Ken Wasluck. You've been listening to Talking Trade. Sponsored by MMAC's World Trade Association and Michael Best Strategies.